Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. We're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first premium travel service, giving you a chance to go on the road to see your favorite teams play but combining that with four- and five-star hotel accommodations, very cool pregame parties and meet-and-greets, tailgates, a chance to rub elbows with some of your favorite former athletes and some of your fellow fans. And Atlanta Sports Trips is headed to the national championship game in L.A., but a stopover in Vegas first. Instead of getting gouged for the hotels and the airfare to L.A., Atlanta Sports Trips has planned a three-day perfect championship getaway starting in Las Vegas, three nights at the MGM Grand, January 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then on Monday morning, we'll head to SoFi Stadium from the uh, from the MGM Grand with luxury motor coach transportation. We'll take you door-to-door to SoFi Stadium. Your chance to book now at atlsportstrips.com. This will sell out. Inventory is very low. You do not want to wait. Go to atlsportstrips.com. Three nights in Vegas. Luxury round-trip motor coach transportation to L.A. and back from Atlanta Sports Trips. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. I would be Matt or Matlana. I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. All right, let's bring in Mo Egger from ESPN Cincinnati. And the timing of this as we record this podcast on Wednesday morning, it's Ritter Week. Yes, Falcon fans excited to get their first look at Desmond Ritter. So why not turn to somebody who's watched Desmond Ritter get it done at Cincinnati for a long time? As I said, Mo Egger joins us right now. And welcome to Matlana. Mo, we appreciate the time. And I guess let's start kind of broad right here. Um, If I was to ask you the best thing Desmond Ritter does, what would it be? This is really cliche and really lame, but I'm going to do it anyway. He wins. I mean, he, he's, he's one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of college football. Um, he took his team to a college football playoff from a group of five school. Uh, I'll start with that. And then I think the other thing is, and, and this is, you know, again, this is sort of broad. He takes the role of quarterback very, very seriously in terms of leadership, in terms of, of running the room, running the meetings, mentoring when he was at the University of Cincinnati, younger players. He takes that those responsibilities very, very seriously. And then you know, the, the mechanics of his quarterback play, which I'm sure we'll talk about, those things progressed dramatically over his four years. He was basically a four-year starter. Those things got better and better. And there's some tangibles to like, and there's some tangibles, you know, quite frankly, that uh, at least at UC, needed uh, needed to be improved upon. But, I mean, more than anything, you ask anybody around here, uh, 
about Des Ritter and what he did at UC. They're going to talk about how much he won, and they're going to talk about how much he led. And it's funny, uh, his heir apparent at quarterback was thought to be a kid by the name of Evan Prater, who uh, ended up not being the starting quarterback this season for UC. But because of an injury, he had to start the last game, and he's going to start their bowl game this week. And I talked with Evan yesterday for our pregame show before the bowl game, and he brought up unsolicited Desmond Ritter and talked about, you know, hey, look, this was the guy that would call me into the uh, in, into the facility at 7 a.m. and want to watch film with me. This is a guy who taught me study habits. This is a guy who taught me about the leadership role at quarterback. This is a guy who's continued to guide me even after he's jumped to the NFL. And so you're not going to find anybody here who has uh, a negative thing to say about Desmond Ritter. And, and, again, the thing that stands out to me more than anything is that he won and then he led, and apparently that continues even though he's no longer at Cincinnati. Well, and I think that's interesting, too, because as a rookie or a young quarterback, to try to command the room is always the toughest thing when you make the switch from a veteran. So I've heard that same thing. But let me ask you about a couple of things that were written about Desmond leading into the draft and then when the Falcons took him. And you mentioned from a, you know, just a throwing motion to just some of the things about his mechanics. Uh, Chris Sims wrote, below average throwing needs major tweaks from a motion velocity. Also has to work on his feet, bad feet in the pocket. Lance Zerline said he um, his intelligent processes quickly, but has uh, accuracy issues. Release quickness is a problem. Lack of arm strength. So, uh, like, attack those things. What have you seen from his time in Cincinnati on that angle? Well, it's interesting because you know th- this past year's quarterback class was 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 obviously not great. It, it paled in comparison to what we've seen in recent years. And so, you know, the, the fact that Des Ritter was talked about as a possible first round pick. I always took a, as a byproduct of the class not being so good. And, and I'll be honest with you, as, as much as, you know, there was, there was some conjecture about him going in the first round, those of us who watched him said, really? You know, I mean, it, we, we would love it if it happened for him. But, man, I'm, I'm not sure that I watched a, a first-round talent at the University of Cincinnati. So th- there, there's a lot there. What I'll say is this. You, you start with how he won games his first two years. He won games his first two years in spite of his throwing. Now, he became very good at throwing passes deep downfield. Um, you know, Alec Pierce, who I'm sure you've watched with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, he and Desmond Ritter last season really established a great connection throwing downfield and then what they were able to do offensively kind of grew from that. I think if you were to look at his, his throwing at UC, what you would see was a, a lack of consistency with the intermediate game. And what was troubling about that to me at times is they had some dudes. I mean, they, they had, you know, two tight ends who I think are going to be in the NFL next year and Josh Wiley and Lenny Taylor. And they never really took advantage of, that and and I'll say this I I think at times when he was when he was forced to stand in the pocket and because of his abilities as a runner um, he didn't often have to just stand in the pocket he didn't make bad decisions but he you know there, there was there was a, a shakiness to the entire process when the pocket would break down right he he wasn't great he was good at running for for yardage he was good at running for first downs he was good at design runs certainly his first three years until they kind of tore those pages out of the playbook he wasn't always great at getting himself out of trouble and that led to you know at times sacks or plays that ended up just being broken that you would think for a guy with his athletic ability wouldn't uh, wouldn't fall apart but he progressed significantly i mean i i go back to his junior season 
the first three games he played very unevenly. And we talked openly about, you know what, for a team that's got a chance to be really, really good, and that was obviously a team that ended up playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl, uh, is it time to make the switch of quarterback from Desmond Ritter to Ben Bryant just because it didn't feel like Desmond had progressed to the point that the program needed throwing the football? They had a lengthy period of time between games because of a bye and then some COVID cancellations. And then over the last six games, uh, the, the transformation was remarkable. Um, he was hitting this, he was making the sort of throws that he didn't make over his first two-plus seasons. Uh, he had complete and total command of the offense, and he was taking advantage of the weapons that he had. But again, just from, from a throwing perspective, he was, and, and I, I don't know if this is still the case, he was kind of an unfinished product. If you're going to ask him to throw it downfield, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Does he have Patrick Mahomes' arm? No. But can he get it there? I think so. I think there's some accuracy issues that we saw even during his best season at UC that I'm really interested to see if, if they've been rectified. We're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first premium travel service, giving you a chance to go on the road to see your favorite teams play, but combining that with four- and five-star hotel accommodations, very cool pregame parties and meet-and-greets, tailgates, a chance to rub elbows with some of your favorite former athletes and some of your fellow fans. And Atlanta Sports Trips is headed to the national championship game in L.A., but a stopover in Vegas first. Instead of getting gouged for the hotels and the airfare to L.A., Atlanta Sports Trips has planned a three-day perfect championship getaway starting in Las Vegas. Three nights at the MGM Grand, January 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then on Monday morning, we'll head to SoFi Stadium from the uh, from the MGM Grand with luxury motor coach transportation. We'll take you door-to-door to SoFi Stadium. Your chance to book now at ATL Sports Trips. Com. This will sell out. Inventory is very low. You do not want to wait. Go to atlsportstrips.com. Three nights in Vegas. Luxury round-trip motor coach transportation to L.A. and back from Atlanta Sports Trips. Home field advantage exists in baseball. Insurance, too. Your local trusted choice independent insurance agents are active members of your community. They'll always have your back. Find a local auto, home, or business insurance agent at trustedchoice.com. Folks, you just heard from Smoltzy and you heard it from me as well. Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are my trusted choice for insurance agents. They've been my agent for a long time and they serve all of Metro Atlanta. To get up to 10 auto insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes, visit Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff today. That's Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. 
how do you think he plays off script? I mean, the one thing we would say about you know, Marcus Mariota is what he is, right? I mean, we were spoiled to have mm-hmm. Matt Ryan for 15 years that you just knew what you were getting. Marcus was just better off script when he had to sit in the pocket and, and read through the progression. That was where he was at his worst. How is Desmond both on script and off script? I think on script, you're not going to have a quarterback who better understands whatever the game plan or whatever the offense is. He is not a guy who, within the context of the offense you're asking him to run, is going to make any mistakes. Um, you know, that, that to me is, is so vital at that position. Uh, whatever tangibles he may lack, he makes up for with, with decision-making. In, in terms of, of off script, I mean, it, it was interesting. I, I thought the offense, his senior season, when, you know, obviously they won undefeated and played Alabama in the college football playoff. I, I thought I thought to a degree the coaching staff did him a bit of a disservice by shrinking the playbook. And the idea was we don't want this guy running as often. And so I thought Des ran the playbook and ran the plays that were called very, very well. In terms of, of doing anything off script, he's got the, the, the raw athletic ability. Um, he was one of the best running quarterbacks in college football his first three seasons. They asked him to do less and less of that, and he had to do less and less of that his senior year, in large part because the offensive line was better, in large part because they had such a good team in terms of guys getting open, and in large part because they shrunk the playbook. Uh, and, and, and by the way, it worked. They won all their games. But I think from, from his perspective, you know, we didn't really get a chance to see nearly as much of that his last season. But – you know, his first two seasons, and again, I, I don't say this to knock the guy, they won a lot of games where Dez would make plays with his legs uh, or do things that sort of uh, extended the margins in the playbook just a little bit. And those things often came in spite of his ability to throw, certainly his ability to throw downfield, and certainly uh, despite his, his accuracy issues that we saw here and there. Would you describe him today as more of a pocket guy or more of a dual threat guy? It's interesting. I still say dual threat, but but if you're judging him, if if you go back to the the college football playoff game against Alabama, right? So Cincinnati did not score a touchdown in that game. Uh, Defensively, they hung in there. Brian Robinson ran up and down, but they did a pretty good job on Bryce Young. Offensively, we walked away from that game going, you know, you have this super athletic quarterback why why didn't they ask him to run why then in fact there was a, a stage in that game in the third quarter where they actually moved the ball pretty well and two of the plays they moved the ball well on were desmond ritter runs they completely tore those pages out of the playbook last season and so if you're judging him by his senior year you're going well wait a minute where's the dual threat part of this and it's because they never asked him his first three seasons there were a ton of design runs. There were times when their running attack basically consisted of Des Ritter and then maybe Mike Warren out of the backfield. And then they completely transformed the offense. And, and I think they did that to a large degree because they wanted to protect Des Ritter. Uh, but I, I, I think what happened then is, is that came at the expense of everybody getting a chance to see uh, what he could do. If you go back and watch – uh, the Georgia game, the Peach Bowl, at the end of the 2020 season. Des did more with his legs in that game than he was asked to do against Alabama the year after. Um, he had a 190-yard rushing game against SMU. I mean, he made a ton of plays over those first three years running. And then year four, they took that away. And so that was by design. And so, unfortunately, I'm going to say, well, yeah, I think he's a dual-threat quarterback. But then you're going to go back and look at his numbers or you're going to look at the tape from his senior season and go, well, where's where's the other part of the dual threat? 
And it's because they completely changed the offense in large part to protect them. Talk to me about atmosphere and, and you know, he's, he's going to be nervous Sunday. That's normal. He's a rookie, but the Falcons are on the road in New Orleans. It'll be loud. Be a raucous crowd. I know on, on the road in college, he was very good. I think I had him at 17-3 and three just looking at his numbers. How does he deal with, I, I guess I'll call it big environments or tough environments to play in? Well, understand they played in the American <laughs> Conference. Sure. So, yep. You know, there's. There's a lot of there's a lot of Greenville, North Carolina, and Yulman Stadium in New Orleans where Tulane unfortunately just just didn't draw that well. So the the number of road environments he played in that were tough, and then you know look his junior season, which is when I think he really started to um, you know show up on the radar of people who who study draft prospects. His junior season was basically played in front of no fans. So his best games that year. At UCF, typically tough place to play. I think there might have been 5,000 people in the stands. Uh, they played at SMU that year. Uh, a, a terrific game. He played always. He always played great against SMU. Uh, that season played in front of, of nobody. But I'll say this. Uh, they go to Notre Dame last season. And, you know, that was a very good Notre Dame team that only won, only lost one game to Cincinnati. And, and obviously a, a huge game for so many reasons, right? UC had never gone to South Bend. They're playing against their former coach. The game is really viewed as, boy, if they win this one, this team's got a shot to go undefeated and, and play for the whole thing. A lot of pressure. Des, the numbers aren't going to wow you, but he was completely in control that game. He made no mistakes. He handled the environment. He handled the bigness of that game. He handled a pretty good defense, too. So I think if you're looking for – you know, a sense of how did this guy do on a huge stage? How did this guy do in a big environment? Um, you know, he was shaky against Alabama, quite frankly. Um, a lot of quarterbacks in college have been shaky against Alabama. I think to a degree they just had such a hard time getting guys open, and they never took advantage of his athleticism. But I'll look at the Notre Dame game in front of that crowd, in front of that environment. And, and I'll also think, and there's a, there's a really good piece this week, Uh, in the athletic that examines this his first game the first game of his redshirt freshman season uh, they go to UCLA not a great team and they play on the road in the Rose Bowl and not a lot of people there but I was there that afternoon Uh, Des came in relief of Hayden Moore and you know for for a game that was really close for, for game one of year two of the Luke Fickle era a guy making his first appearance in a college football game he was fine. He didn't throw it all over the place. He ran it a lot, but he did fine. He showed points. He showed all those things that you wonder if you're going to see uh, from a guy stepping onto a field, uh, onto the field in the college environment for the first time. And so I look at that game, and I look at the Notre Dame game, and I go, you know what? This guy, from you know an emotional standpoint, a mental standpoint, from the standpoint of you know handling the stage, I, I think he's going to be just fine. We're brought to you by Atlanta Sports Trips. Atlanta Sports Trips is Atlanta's first premium travel service, giving you a chance to go on the road to see your favorite teams play, but combining that with four- and five-star hotel accommodations, very cool pregame parties and meet-and-greets, tailgates, a chance to rub elbows with some of your favorite former athletes and some of your fellow fans. And Atlanta Sports Trips is headed to the national championship game in L.A., but a stopover in Vegas first. Instead of getting gouged for the hotels and the airfare to L.A., Atlanta Sports Trips has planned a three-day perfect championship getaway starting in Las Vegas. Three nights at the MGM Grand, January 7th, 8th, and 9th. And then on Monday morning, 
will head to SoFi Stadium from the uh, from the MGM Grand with luxury motor coach transportation. Will take you door to door to SoFi Stadium. Your chance to book now at atlsportstrips.com. This will sell out. Inventory is very low. You do not want to wait. Go to atlsportstrips.com. Three nights in Vegas. Luxury round-trip motor coach transportation to L.A. and back from Atlanta Sports Trips. Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rose Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at roads-group.com. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood and all the fun springtime things that will happen in atlanta you're going to want to enjoy it at the daily draft it's downtown woodstock on main street what you're going to find a craft beer bar self-serve taps uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game and when i say a big screen they have a movie size screen with a front row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games a chef inspired menu with soup salad sandwiches flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. The dailydraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like trivia night, kids eat free night, and more. The dailydraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love the Daily Draft. Does he seem to play with a chip? I mean, he's a, he went to Cincinnati. I'm sure every kid in pictures playing at Ohio State or Michigan. He was taken in the third round. I'm sure he would have loved to have been in the first. Is there an edge there? Yeah, you know, I think so. He, he's he's not the, the single most demonstrative guy. In, in fact, I mean, I, I even once remarked that I, I thought at times maybe he was a little bit too nice. But, you know, you're right. I mean, you play at UC. Um in a group of five uh, environment and in your last two seasons, you win every game and yet there's still doubters. I mean, Des is aware of that, was aware of that. And I think to a degree, he used that to, to fuel himself. He's also acutely aware of, of, of some of the things that were said and written about him in terms of, should he be the guy? I mean, look, he, he, his first three uh, fall camps, Luke Fickle had an open competition Um and man, there were times, especially during his sophomore season and, and early in his junior season, when, you know, again, he would play unevenly enough for many of us to wonder: is it time to switch quarterbacks? Desmond Ritter was aware of all that; he knew all of that, and you know, he rose to the occasion most of the time. And so, you know, is is he going to be like a Baker Mayfield type and uh, calling out the haters and stuff like? I mean, frankly, he didn't have that many. But yeah, I think I think I saw enough over the course of his four years, and I think there was enough of just the program's overall chip on its shoulder that uh, I would say, yeah, Des Des has at least a little bit of that. All right, Mo, let's finish up with a guess. I'm not going to say you're Mel Kiper, but you watched him a hell of a lot more than any of us down here did. What's your thought as a young quarterback, and what's your thought long term for Desmond? Well, I mean, look, I, I think it's a lot of us looked at the Atlanta situation and said. Okay, well, he's going to get a chance to play. I mean, he's behind Marcus Mariota, and that team is not going to be that good. Well, I mean, here they are. 
at least on the fringes of the NFC South race. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, right? So, <laughs> well, so I mean, I, I they're a game out of first place in one of the worst divisions ever, so Dez hey, gets a chance you, in his first what? game to as, play with some as, playoff as implications. somebody who's covered many, many Bengals teams, five <laughs> and eight with no hope, embrace it. Oh, yeah. But no, I think for a lot of us it was, God, they're going to be bad. Dez is going to get a few token starts, and then they're going to draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or, Will, or somebody, right? Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, depending on where the Falcons pick and how they view another quarterback, I don't know that having Des Ritter on your roster will or should preclude you from taking somebody in the first round. If a quarterback you like is there, I don't think Des is that good, but I do think there's a place in the NFL for him. Um, I, I've always kind of viewed him as it's interesting. He's, he's playing against Andy Dalton, right? Somebody we are acutely familiar with here. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and, and folks are going to roll their eyes. I, I think there's some similarities there. Uh, neither guy is ever going to wow you. Neither guy is the most effervescent. But, you know, Andy has survived in this league for over 10 years. He's won a lot of games. I think Des would be lucky to have a career of Andy's length, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I know he's going to work. Uh, I know it's it's never going to be a matter of not knowing the offense. I know it's never going to be a matter of not leading. What I'm interested in seeing is can he make the sort of throws that eluded him even at his best when he was at UC? It's going to be fun to watch. As you said, he gets his first opportunity in a pseudo playoff chase, so that'll be fun. Mo Egger, ESPN, <laughs> <laughs> Radio Cincinnati. We appreciate the time and the insight, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, anytime. We're rooting for him. Thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta. Hey, everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. 
thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.